Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Uh, my name is Sam. I'm here with my wife, Hannah, tonight, and uh, we lead Youth Alive SA together. We've been married for three years. Uh, I thought I'd just show you a photo of us, our Year 12 formal. Um, this is how far back our relationship goes. I don't know where it is. That... If that's not chemistry for marriage, I don't know what is. There's enough puppy fat on those cheeks to actually make a puppy. Like, it's... It's unbelievable. So we've known each other since we were kids. Uh, we got married three years ago. I think there's a pic there of our wedding day together. It's kind of cute. That uh, was really nice. I, I finally can, she said when she was 14, she'd never marry Sam Long. Guess who won? Uh, that's awesome. So we've been married three years. This year we had uh, our first little boy. His name is Gabriel Blaze. There's a little photo of him too. He's just a little ball of... Cuteness. I know I'm biased, but I want to eat him. Like I, I call him my little double portion. Um, like literally, physically, he's a double portion. Uh, he's a very spiritual baby. He's already speaking in tongues fluently. Just before English, actually, he's actually he's constantly just interceding on behalf of our nation. So. It's just great to have such a spiritual baby, you know, and um, so he's praying for you right now out the back. He's just fussed and it's awesome. I'm kidding. But he's, uh, he's cute. He's been like the delight of our lives and uh, it's been so cool having him around this year. Uh, yeah, so we lead an organisation called Youth Alive and, you know, in short, we're about raising and releasing the next generation. We believe in the next generation and we know that in the media and the culture around us right now, there's a lot of talk about millennials this and millennials that, but we just have a conviction and a belief that God's still, His greatest works are still yet to be done and we love the next generation. We believe in them and we're just partnering with youth pastors, great youth pastors like Dan Nashari all around uh, our state, just believing for God to do something great in South Australia with the young people of South Australia. And I know it's a word that gets thrown around a lot, but, but we believe it. It's, it's in our hearts and we're believing to see a generation revive for Jesus in South Australia. And that's what we're living for. We're giving our lives for it. And, uh, and we believe that there are great things yet to come in our state. And I believe that there's a tide rising over South Australia right now. And, uh, and your church is a great testament uh, to what God's doing in South Australia. So, so exciting to be here. Well, I want to read to you from the Bible tonight. Is that okay? Who likes the Bible? I hope this is a, I know this is a Bible-loving church. Uh, I'd like to say if the Bible's not boring, uh, it's exciting. Who knows? It's the living Word of God. Um, if you think the Bible's boring, it's actually you that's boring. Um, the Bible's alive. It's exciting. And uh, I'm going to do something crazy tonight. I hope you're ready for it. I'm going to read like a whole passage of Scripture. Like not just a verse, like a whole passage. Is that okay? Like it's, it's crazy, I know, but like more than a line. Is that all right? Um, so I'm going to read a, a story, a parable to you, a famous parable. It's the parable of the talents from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30 tonight. And whenever we come around a parable like this, you always kind of run the risk of being like, oh, I know the parable. You know, I know what it says. I know what it's about. I know kind of what God wants to do through that story. But who knows tonight that God works in such a way that He lights up His Word differently every time we look at it. God works in such a way that He can make the Word come alive to you. You could read the same passage every day and get something different out of it because it's alive and active. And I, I have a conviction tonight that God wants to speak to your heart. 
I have a conviction tonight that God wants you to live different. And so I'm gonna read this parable to you. Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, the parable of the talents. It says this, this is Jesus describing the kingdom of God. He says this, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground. Sounds like he's about to do something else, if you know what I mean. Um, Dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, yeah, he was going camping. Um, Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. Get ready to get roasted, slothful servant. Here we go. But this master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. For anyone who likes sloths in this place, Jesus just used them in a derogatory manner. I'm sorry. You wicked and slothful servant. Sloths are evil. Uh, You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has more, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's not a Disney fairy tale ending to the story, is it? That's like, whoa, that got heavy. So we're going to pray. I believe God's going to bring this to life tonight. We're going to leave change. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I thank you that it's alive. God, I'm average. I'm not special, but I know you are. I know you have power. I know your word is. I'm praying tonight that you'd bring it to life. I'm just praying that revival would stir in the hearts of people all around this place tonight. Lord, revive sleepy and dead hearts in this place. Revive dreams. Father, I pray for great faith to rise in this place tonight in a powerful way. We love you, Jesus. Grateful for you. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Have you ever been in a situation before uh, where you haven't known how to manage what's in front of you? I kind of think to myself, as I get older, more and more things get dumped in my lap and I'm like, what am I meant to do with that? Is anyone else with me? Like, it's like life goes on and you're like, I don't know how to handle that. One of the things that I've struggled the most to understand in my life and my gracious wife has given me permission to talk about this is the beautiful, mystical, amazing creatures that we call women. Right? Like, you guys, you sin less, right? Women, you sin less. Amen? You're beautiful. You're amazing. You're great. But to us men, you are a mystery. 
right? <laughs> you must know that you're a beautiful mystery, okay? If, if there's a woman near you, just tell her you're a beautiful mystery right around this place, okay? You're a beautiful mystery. Um, when me and Hannah got together and our cheeks were double the size, we, uh, we were going on dates for kind of a year and I remember, uh, I remember kind of thinking after a year of dating, like, oh, I got this whole thing. Like, I'm ready to write my first book on relationships, you know? Like, How to Understand Women by Sam Long. I got this, you know? First year of dating. Uh, second year of dating, all good. I remember we got married and, and I felt like while I was dating, I had like a Boy Scout badge of like, you know, I've conquered this. You know, you know how in Boy Scouts, they give you a little badge for like knowing stuff. I'm like, I, I know how to rock a relationship so well. Sew it on, baby. Like, I've got this. So... And then I got married and after about a week, I realised that the badge was torn off and that I had been taken down a couple of notches in my own pride, right? I started to understand. I did not know as much as I thought I know. But then after a couple of years of marriage, I started kind of getting the confidence back. I'm like, I got this man. Like, I know how this goes. I know how to have a healthy marriage. I know how everything works. I understand these beautiful things called women perfectly. And then pregnancy happened. And not only was the badge removed, the uniform was too, right? It was like, you know nothing, okay? We, we had a situation happen. Uh, I was in bed with Hannah one night and I, I was doing a bit of bedtime banter. Who likes a bit of bedtime banter? Married couples. It's a bit of fun, just, you know, a bit of jokes and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm sitting there, I crack a very lame joke. And, uh, and Hannah's quite pregnant at this stage and, and uh, she starts to laugh. And I think, oh, that's nice, you know laughing at my joke and it's kind of, you know, she's, she's laughing, I'm watching her laugh. And then, but then the laughing kind of got weird. Like, like she started laughing disproportionately to the joke, right? She's like, she goes, ha, 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 I'm freaking out because I'm like, this is not right. This, something is going to go wrong. Any, this response is too big. It's too great. That joke was too lame for you to be laughing that hard. And sure enough, the laughing starts turning to weeping. Okay, so it, it kind of goes, <laughs> and then she starts laughing at herself, weeping, and she's like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Come on, anyone who's had a kid recently, just give me an amen, right? That's, it's, it's new. It was no one. It's just me. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> we don't always know how to manage what's placed in front of us, right? In fact, I reckon this word like managing isn't really like a cool word that we like to say. Like if you turn the person next to you like, man, how's your week going? And they're like, well, I'm managing. You're like, oh, gee. Right? Like managing isn't an exciting word. Like no, no one's like, when I grow up, I want to manage my life. You don't say that. You're like, I want to kill it, right? I want to kick some goals. I want to kick some holes in hell. I want to do something. I want to, you know, that's kind of what we like. And yet the Bible, this scripture kind of describes management as being something that God really values. 
as maybe as something that's very important to the calling and the plan and the destiny of God, but it's actually on our lives. I kind of think it's funny how God entrusts us with these things called talents to manage. Now, what's a talent? I reckon a talent could represent anything precious that God's entrusted to you, right? So that might be your family. That might be your gift that God's given you, the things that you're good at. That might be your time. That might be your finances. But the talent can represent anything precious that God has entrusted to you. And He said, hey, I've entrusted it to you. I want you to manage it. I want you to expand it. I want at the end of your life for you to give it back to me five times, 10 times, 20 times bigger than I gave it to you. But the funny thing is, right? It's, I think it's a bit of a joke that God gives us anything to manage. Let's think about it. Like, like God doesn't need your help. It's like, gee, I just got so much stuff here, so many precious things, just looking for some people, so better just spread this stuff out. You know, you'll need to like, manage everything, just, just kind of angels just flick it out there. It's, it's kind of, it's a bit of a heavy workload. No. God is omnipotent, He's all-powerful, He's all-knowing, He's all-present. He knows everything. He has everything in His hands and everything in control. Right? So if that's the case, there must be another reason other than God needing our help that He entrusts these things to us. This is the reason that I believe it is. I believe that God isn't only interested in expanding your talent, He's interested in expanding you. Right? When you manage your talent well, not only is the talent expanded, but you expand with it. Your talent, the precious things that God has entrusted to you are the tools that He has given you to make you the person you were called to be, to make you bigger than you were when you were born, to set you on a path of destiny and calling. The talent is the tool that God's given you to expand you. Because to manage what you've been given well, your wisdom's gonna need to expand. Your faith's going to need to expand. Your time management ability is going to need to expand. Your, your gifting that's on your life, that's going to have to expand if we're going to give God back five times what He gave us. I got a photo of Hannah when she was preggers. Um, let's have a look. Where is it? There it is. Check that out. That was right before she popped. And um, I reckon she looks beautiful, right? She's a beautiful pregnant mum. Now, here's the thing. This precious little baby was placed inside of her. Don't think too much about that, but it was placed inside of her. And here's the thing, for that precious gift to expand, she had to expand with it, right? God is giving us a picture here of what He wants to do in our lives. He says, hey, I've entrusted you with these precious things. And I'm saying, hey, I don't just want them to expand. I want you to expand. I want you to get bigger. I've got a plan for you. I've got a calling for you. There's something I want to do through you that's bigger than where you are right now. He wants to make us bigger. Hmm. See, the only limitation to how much the talent can expand is how much the manager is willing to expand with it. The only limitation to how much the talent can expand is how much the person managing it can expand with it. 
How much are you willing to let God stretch your faith? to stretch your time management, to stretch your wisdom, to stretch your finances, to stretch every aspect of your life, to grow you into the person that God has called you to be. I actually don't think that this parable should be called the parable of the talents. I believe it should be called the parable of the servants or the parable of the managers because let's be honest, it's not really actually about the talent. At the end of the story, Jesus isn't like, well done, my good and faithful talent. It's not about the content of the talent. It's about the content of the person managing it. It's about the content, the character, the internal world of the person that God has chosen to entrust something special to. Matthew 25, 27 to 29 says this about how it ends. Take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. If this story was about the talents, the master would have reset the scenario. He would have said, okay, all right. So obviously one talent man, you failed because you didn't have enough talents and he give you a better enough shot. So let's, let's take the talents from the 10 man, sorry, 10 man and give it to the one man and kind of kick him and say, hey, go again. But that's not what happens. Why? Because it's not about the talent. It's about the person. Now this message, right, means a lot to me because it's something that God did in me at the start of this year. When I was faced with taking on something that was bigger than what I knew how to handle. This isn't a nice preach for me. This is what God's been doing in my life this year. Stretch, growth, enlargement. It's what He's doing. This is what God said to me at the start of the year. It convicted me. Are you okay being convicted tonight? Is it okay to get challenged a little bit in the house of God? This is the thing about the servant with the one talent. The man with the one talent didn't need a better talent. That talent needed a better man. I want to challenge you tonight. What if you don't need a better talent? Your talent needs a better you. What if you don't need more money? Your money needs a better you. Those of us in relationships, what if you don't need a better partner? Your partner needs a better you. What if you don't need more time? Your time needs a better you. What if you don't need more faith? Your faith needs a better you. What if we took responsibility? Come on. For the growth that God wants to do on the inside of our life. He's saying, I want you to grow. I want you to get better. Are you waiting for a better talent? Or is that talent waiting for a better you? You know, we get to a point like this in the message, and it's kind of like, okay, well, what are we going to do here? Like, okay, so, all right, so let's get fired up right about now. Okay, go out there and get bigger. Right? I will never be as big as Tony. This is probably one of the rare times on your platform where you see a gap between a sleeve. Right? (laughs) So what's the solution? Go out there and work harder, right? I'm going to go into my job tomorrow and I'm just going to kill it. I'm going to go with my family. I'm going to kill it. No, don't do that. Um, Work harder, strain more, try. All of those things are good, but is that the solution? Is behaviour modification the solution? Is that how Jesus deals with the things that are out of alignment in our life? I don't think so. I don't think so. 
I don't think that's the gospel. We've got to ask ourselves the question, why did the man with five talents behave differently to the man who had one talent? It's because he believed very different things about the master. Right? Better management does not start with better behaviour. It starts with better beliefs. Because your behaviour is a product of your beliefs. How you are behaving with what you've been given is a product of what you believe about the one who gave it to you. And God's going to do some realignments tonight. I want to show you a clip. Uh, This is a really powerful video. It's about two brothers who were born colourblind. And there's this new technology out now by this company called Enchroma. I'm not being sponsored by them, by the way. Um, And you put these glasses on and you can see colour for the first time like everyone else. And this is a clip of two boys who've been colourblind their whole life seeing colour for the first time. We can have a look at this. It's amazing. They lived their whole life believing that life was black and white. When they saw it as it really was, it completely changed how they interacted with the world. They believed one thing, but when their belief encountered the truth, it changed everything about how they lived in a powerful way. If you want to know the belief system of the man who buried his talent, we can see it in Matthew 25, 24 to 25. Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seeds. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. In summary, the man who hid his talent and did nothing with it and lived his life in fear, believed that his master was harsh, doubtful and stingy. That's what that belief about God will do to a life. But if we were to read this in the opposite world translation, that's one I made up. Just, just simply switching those terms to the opposite truth, this is what it would say. Master, I knew you to be a soft man, reaping where you first sowed and gathering where you scattered seed. So I was full of faith and I went and took your talent to town and I multiplied it. Right? The first one believed that God was harsh, doubtful, stingy. The second one believed that God was gracious, trusting and generous. Hold on one second. God's going to do something, but just, just hold on. Let's summarise it. Matthew 25, 24, 25. Let's just punch this up right now. This is how we summarise it. I knew you, so I was and I went. What you know about God changes who you are and it changes what you do and it changes what you believe and it changes how you live. I can step out in faith with my gift when I know that my God loves me, that He's graced me, that He's kind to me, that He's for me. I don't live in fear. I live in faith because He's good. Set someone free tonight. You're like, hold on a minute. Some smart people here, you're very smart. Yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't God say in the, the Scripture that the one who didn't, he was going to cast into the outer darkness where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth? That doesn't sound very gracious or generous. Oh, my friend. 
You see, it did happen. But it didn't happen to an unfaithful servant. It happened to the only faithful servant that ever walked this earth. 2,000 years ago, Jesus, the only faithful servant, walked into this world and faced the punishment that every unfaithful servant deserved. He went to the place where there was weeping on the cross. He went into hell where there was gnashing of teeth. He kicked open the grave three days later and he walked out so that the judgment coming for every unfaithful servant would be passed, that we might be seen as God, as faithful servants, knowing that we have a Saviour, knowing that we have a Redeemer, knowing that we have a God who says, try it again, try it again, try it again. I believe in you. I'm for you. I'm with you. Step out in faith and do something for me. That is our Jesus. That is our God. Come on, that is our Saviour. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 